Hi, I'm Catherine Delgado. And I'm Priya Kamath. And you're listening to FIRST. On today's episode of FIRST, we have Valerie and Veronica back on our podcast. Um, They were previously featured in an episode, which you guys might remember. Um, And this time, they're back to talk about the Green New Deal and the implications it can have on our country. Yeah, Valerie and Veronica are like my best friends in the whole entire world. So I'm very excited for this episode and we're just ready to get into it. So first of all, um, Valerie and Veronica, can you guys introduce yourselves to our listeners again? Yeah, of course. Um, My name is Valerie Tran, and I am a senior at Mira Mesa High School. Um, I've known Veronica since kindergarten, so it's really fun to be doing this together. And I was previously featured on a redlining podcast here on FIRST. Hi, I'm Veronica McKinney. Like Valerie said, uh, we've known each other for basically our entire lives. Um, I'm really happy to be back on FIRST. I think what they're doing is amazing. Uh, I was recently featured in a podcast about voting. So yeah, I'm also a senior at Mira Mesa High School. Okay, period. Um, So this episode, it's centered around the Green New Deal. And just to start off, what is the Green New Deal? Great question. So simply put, the Green New Deal is a massive program of investments in clean energy jobs and infrastructure. It's a play on words from FDR's New Deal policies from the 1930s, and its goal is to reduce greenhouse gas emissions in order to avoid the worst consequences of climate change. It also aims to fix societal problems like um, economic inequality and racial injustice. So the proposal emphasizes how the entire world must reach net zero emissions by 2050, uh, hopefully with the USA at the front of it all. And it was introduced by Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, otherwise known as AOC, and Senator Edward J. Markey. So, so far, the official version of the Green New Deal is Ocasio-Cortez's document, I believe found on her website. And it's a 14-page resolution that encompasses the whole economy and dozens of policies at different levels of government. So now that we know a little bit about what the Green New Deal is, can you tell us why exactly this piece of legislation needed to be made? Yeah, so in 2018, the world's best climate scientists shared a fact that um, up to 2 million people could be displaced by climate change by 2050, which isn't you know too far off. And about 50% of all carbon emissions are emitted by the wealthiest 10% of the world's population. But global warming is um, causing climate change victims to be made out, out of the world's poorest people. And global temperatures have increased to about one degree Celsius in the past century. And in the past 30 years, we've been increasing the speed at which the earth warms by half a degree. And a lot of people are like, oh, only half a degree? Um, What's there to worry about? 
But then again, remember it's half a degree Celsius, not Fahrenheit. So for decades, people, especially scientists, have been stating that we should try to keep the global temperature from rising from a, about 1.5 degrees Celsius but it would be okay if we ended up below the line of two degrees. But hitting the bare minimum of two degrees would result in catastrophic mass migrations, forest fires, droughts, and floods. And this simple rise in temperature will cost the world millions of dollars and millions of lives and centuries of irreversible change. And so in April of 2017, youth in America banded together to create the Sunrise Movement and recruited Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, or AOC, to help spearhead the new Green Revolution, because she's really big with the youth, especially Gen Z, because she's so outspoken on her beliefs, which we don't really see a lot today in the Democratic Party. And in 20, 2018, with 200 youth protesting outside the Speaker of the Houses, who's Nancy Pelosi, um, her office, and they made a really important press cameo with AOC that um, gained a lot of social media attention, and it is where it is today because of that. Okay, so clearly the impacts of climate change are so profound and they impact not only our generation, but uh, more generations to come. So it has an insane legacy. And I was wondering, how does the Green New Deal utilize this idea of three core principles to address these issues and effectively limit the consequences of climate change? Uh, so the Green New Deal has three core principles, decarbonization, jobs, and justice. The first principle, decarbonization, um, includes zero emission, carbon emissions, and 100% renewable energy. Um, for those of you who don't know, renewable energy, stuff like hydroelectric, wind, biomass, solar, geothermal. And unfortunately, right now in US energy production, current renewables only account for about 20% of our production. And it's lagging behind natural gas and coal, which are widely used fossil fuels, but obviously much worse for the environment. So the Green New Deal plans to spread the use of electric vehicles throughout the country, uh, possibly banning gasoline and diesel and decarbonizing buildings. Our youth um, will have to live with the effects of climate change, obviously our generation, and they're the ones who are calling for lots of changes um, and something that will guarantee the well-being of future generations without considering what is deemed politically possible. Um, and in decarbonizing the US economy, the whole image of American life will drastically change. But that's honestly necessary. And even though it's radical and daunting at first, um, considering America's capitalist background, um, it's really important if we wanna effectively combat climate change. Uh, and then the second principle is jobs. So the Green New Deal also aims to include a federal jobs guarantee and funding for large scale public investments. Um, I think like Valerie said before, it's not a climate change policy, but it's also um, upheaval and renovation of the economy to push for a more sustainable and active public sector. So its aim is to transform the economy 
by supporting the poor and middle class, the backbone of American um, economy. And as quoted by Vox, it would open new opportunities to reevaluate the relationships between the public and private sectors and the working people who all together combine to compose a more democratic structure in the economy. Uh, the Green New Deal would include large scale investments um, because of obviously the use of trillions of dollars over a decade, ensuring a federal jobs guarantee with pay at least $15 an hour, I believe, with benefits available to the entire public. This is a key aspect of the Green New Deal. Um, they want to help the entire American population, even you know, in red states who historically have um, not cared a lot about climate change. And um, it's this is a really good part of the Green New Deal because it's not only a progressive policy, but it also is in the pool of economic policy because it's a sustainable economic solution to the long enduring unemployment crisis. Yeah, and next, the last core principle is justice. And this includes how the proposal must have a quote unquote, just transition. Um, a little history lesson, FDR's New Deal failed to recognize the shortcomings on the policies that had detrimental um, effects on minority groups and ultimately set them up to be disenfranchised and underserved. So many elements of racial inequalities imposed by the New Deal inspires the Green New Deal's demand for social justice to be implemented when it is put into motion. And Ocasio-Cortez's document calls for the protection for those who are hardest hit by historical discrimination and those set to suffer the most from the effects of climate change, which include, quote unquote, um, low income communities, communities of color, indigenous communities, and the frontline communities most affected by climate change, pollution, and other environmental harm. And by including the ideologies of social justice and racial inequality, the Green New Deal strives to uphold strong labor, environmental, and non-discrimination standards as a part of its investment in the communities that for generations have suffered health and social consequences from the effects of poor environmental regulation. Some of our listeners might be thinking, why the Green New Deal is controversial. I mean, it sounds like it targets so many things that are needed to be targeted right now, um, given that climate change is like such a big issue. So can you tell us a little bit as to why the Green New Deal is controversial and what the debate is surrounding it? Yeah. Um... Well, before legislation can be passed regarding the Green New Deal, it must gain significant public support. And the main challenges facing the Green New Deal are funding and convincing the public and winning over Democrats. Um, the big question when proposing a drastic change in infrastructure is how are you gonna pay for it? And many Americans shy away from the idea of additional investments saying, 
oh, that America is in debt already and the, the government is incompetent with the money they currently have. And opponents of the Green New Deal argued that the federal budget must be balanced. And in other words, <clears throat> an additional dollar spent on the Green New Deal means that a dollar would be raised in taxes. But these counter arguments regarding the funding of the Green New Deal are false, but it's so widely accepted that it's difficult to reshape these folk political theories in the average American. Yeah, and like you said, with such large public debate over the Green New Deal, there can be lots of misconceptions surrounding this piece of legislation. So can you explain to us some of these misconceptions that people tend to have and how can we debunk those? Yeah, so obviously that's why we're here today, or partly, um, is to clarify the purpose and plans of the Green New Deal. Um, many Americans believe that investing in these new infrastructure will result in tax raises. Like Valerie said, they're afraid about spending more money. But the Green New Deal actually doesn't propose any tax raises. It proposes reallocation and adjustment of current federal funds to include the Green New Deal. Um, it proposes trillions of dollars uh, from military tax cuts, uh, wealthy tax cuts, instead of raising taxes for, you know, the working class, lower classes. Um, there are other options for raising excuse me, revenue, um, such as a carbon tax, which would fine corporations who exceed carbon emission limits or offering emission incentives, which would um, allow corporations who reach under the limit for emissions to be rewarded. And although the net cost of the Green New Deal may seem really great and daunting at first glance, the positive, positive effects on the environment greatly outweigh the costs. And like Valerie said, there are lots of challenges facing the Green New Deal. Another one is surprisingly the Democratic Party. Although obviously, the Democratic Party um, is more publicly supportive of combating climate change. Um, many Democrats still hesitate to support the Green New Deal uh, because they don't want to, quote, give Republicans ammunition against them. Um, some modern Democrats um, are defensive and fearful of Republican attacks. Um, so the Green New Deal supporters hope to remind other Democrats that the urgency of the Green New Deal is tremendous and its goals are actually, in addition to combating climate change, to support minority communities and decrease unemployment rates. Another really great challenge um, against the Green New Deal um, is that the Green New Deal cannot hope to pass at all without support from Republicans. Um, obviously right now, the current polarization of political parties makes it really difficult for Democrats and Republicans to work together and to find a common goal in supporting the Green New Deal. But we do know that the Green New Deal will be a direct blow to some of the wealthiest and most powerful groups in the world. And so many Republicans are not going to accept the total upheaval of an economy that produces trillions in profits to them. So unfortunately, many Republicans are already spreading blatantly false claims about the Green New Deal. Um, former President Trump claimed the Green New Deal would take away our airplane rights. 
um, and Senator Tom Cotton of Arkansas said the proposal would confiscate cars and require Americans to ride around on high speed light rail supposedly powered by unicorn tears. That's a quote <laughs> from Vox and Senator John Barrasso of Wyoming warned that ice cream, cheeseburgers and milkshakes would be a thing of the past under the Green New Deal. Um, and of course, the Green New Deal will not do any of this, but because of these claims, it paints the Green New Deal in a very harmful negative light. And the only way to really combat this negativity and these mis misconceptions is through scientific facts and positive imagery. Right, so can you guys talk a little bit about what the Green New Deal can do to impact young people? Um, I think that climate change is like, it's a problem that affects um, mainly us. Like it is a problem that is going to affect young people as they grow up. And um, so in this way, can you, ex or in the same way, can you explain how the Green New Deal is going to impact people who are around our age and our listeners' ages? Okay, so the, um, the Green New Deal impacts youth in a lot of ways. Uh, most notably, the youth, our generation especially, um, have to be the ones to live through the effects that climate change will cause on us, which would be increased rising of temperatures, um, more droughts, um, even worse, weather mood swings, and the generation in power now, you know, not to be more bitter or anything, but they're gonna die and they're not gonna be here to witness, witness these changes. So of course, <clears throat> there's gonna be a lot of opposition between um, you know, Gen Z and like Gen X, the millennials or the, the boomers, all that, all that good stuff. <laughs> and um, to change our ways for climate change, is gonna cost a lot of money because we're so reliant on these fossil fuels, especially oil and natural gas, which are detrimental to our environment. But by pushing for um, environmental changes for our future, we are driven by the sheer fact that we might not be able to make it to 2080 without you know, an annual tsunami or a flood that will destroy all of our coastal cities. And the, the Green New Deal's greatest challenge is gaining significant and substantial support from the general public. And there is a lot of youth who are active on social media. And lucky for us, we can spread information super quickly and effectively through um, posts and stories on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook for who uses Facebook. And that is like one of our biggest weapons we have today, which is social media, which could be a double-edged sword because there's a lot of you know fake news out there regarding these, this huge democratic plan and like Veronica said, Republicans, not even Republicans, but some Democrats too in the mix have been spreading lies and <laughs> jumping to conclusions about the Green New Deal. So we just have to really keep a strong head and like a good moral compass to what we read online. 
and we'll be posting social media. Yeah, and now that we've spent you know the majority of this episode learning more about the Green New Deal, its principles, and uh, how it impacts youth, we were wondering what's next. Um, what can the youth and especially our listeners do to learn more about this issue and help address climate change? Yeah, so there are so many ways to um, combat climate change, even in small ways. Obviously, in school, we learn from a young age, you know, reuse, recycle, reduce. Um, we don't want to litter. Um, recently, I've been taking walks instead of driving because it reduces, um, you know, sending gas and smoke into the atmosphere. Um, and so there, those are just small ways that you can help just be more environmentally friendly. But in specifically supporting the Green New Deal, what's a important is doing stuff like this, you know, educating yourself, um, helping to educate others. For those of you who feel very passionate and hopefully you do about um, being environmentally friendly and the Green New Deal and combating climate change, you can write to representatives and senators, um, local politicians, um, telling them that the Green New Deal and the climate change is important to you and that you want to see legislation passed to combat climate change. Um, right now, or just recently, there have been protests, rallies in support of the Green New Deal, in support of combating climate change. So showing public support can help not only ins like inspire you, but inspire other people to take action. That was super informative, but before we go, do you guys have any, any last thoughts or things that you'd like to leave our listeners with before we start recording? Yeah, um, for all you guys out there who are under 18 and you can't vote or you don't know where to get started, there are a bunch of ways for you to help influence others who can or, you know, get started early and um, one of these, th a bunch of these things you can do like signing petitions, which there's a lot going around um, there's a bunch on change.org and a bunch of other websites. You can stay informed, which may sound simple, but staying informed is a great way to become a part of the civic process before you head to the ballot box and knowing what's happening in your community, knowing candidates and engaging in like meaningful discussions with your peers about these issues is a never ending job for each and every member of the voting public. So, and another thing you can do is become a poll worker and, you know, get a head start or, you know, gain more information about the voting process and I think another really direct way is just to contact your representative. And also you can just use your talents. If you're an artist, if you're a writer, a programmer, you can you know, make a painting, write an opinion piece, or even create a website if you're tech savvy like that, just to spread awareness about what you think is important. Yeah, definitely. And I think because the Green New Deal is so controversial, people can focus on the small things instead of the bigger picture. I think the Green New Deal is just a really great step in the right direction, not just for our country, but in the whole world um, in combating climate change. Uh, I recently listened to like a TED talk where it was talking about the importance of acting now. Like this is a really big moment in history and we need to take action if we want to um, 
make any real change or prevent the worst consequences of climate change. Um, and just like on that note, I guess I really love the poet Amanda Gorman. And I think she quoted Hamilton in her inaugural po poem. And she said, history has its eyes on us. So I think right now is just a really big moment and we need to take action and the Green New Deal should be part of those steps that we take. Okay, period. This has been a beautiful, wonderful, amazing episode. I'm so thankful that uh, you came here today to speak about this piece of legislation. And to our listeners, if you're interested in knowing more about the Green New Deal, Valerie and Veronica wrote an incredible article that you can find there on our website. So please check it out. And uh, to Val and Veronica, thank you for coming. We really appreciated having you today. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. Yeah, it's always been a pleasure. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time on First. Thank you.